Brandex, Brandex, it's simple and plain, Brandex, Brandex, it's different but all the same. What is totally different is that you're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I'll pop your corn, baby. With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them using our unique system. The unique system is as follows. Run-of-the-mill bad film. That gets your plain old everyday, average, normal, just pedestrian, yeoman's dare. Double dare. That's for the truly atrocious movies. And the reverse dare... The hollowed, respected, worldwide, renowned reverse dare is for a despised movie that we actually kind of like. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing our first ever completely animated movie. The 2012 feature-length commercial, Food Fight! We're also going to read some movie dares sent in by our listeners. But before we get started, we're going to talk about... I don't see any beers. No beer today. That actually... Our drink of choice actually coincides with our first dare, which is from longtime dare bleep kiddo. Uh, <laughs> we were dared legato straight rye whiskey. The dare is as follows. Not a movie, but you may see things. Thanks for supporting local dry diggings. This is obviously a listener who uh, heard the show a few um, weeks ago where I reviewed dry digging, Bodie Five Dog. Great folks, he said. He or she says, another great local whiskey is Legato, a woman-owned business in Sacramento. And Corky, we both have a little bit of Legato. Uh, Legato is, again, out of Sacramento. I actually wrote about them a couple years ago for the Sacramento News Review, and I will post that article in the notes for the show so you can check it out. It's owned by four women, and it's mostly women of color. And, and of course, women of color are very grossly underrepresented in the spirits industry, as they are in so many other industries. Bottoms up. Bottoms up, bud. Woo! Oh, that's good stuff. It, it, there is almost no burn on that at all. It's really just all kind of flavor. Uh, not not a super hot whiskey. Um, just absolutely delicious. There's an episode of Mad Men where Jared Harris's character shares this really nice bottle with Don Draper. Right. And he's like, he looks at him, he goes, he goes, there's no, and he says, bite. And I was like, oh, I've wanted that mythical bottle. I wanted that mythical alcohol. This is as close <laughs> as I've really? ever had. Yeah. This absolutely. is, there's no burn. No, no, it's fantastic. It's, it's all nice on my flavor. throat. Uh, it's delicious. It sits with you well. So it's going to obviously be great straight, but it's also going to be great in a cocktail like I have right here. I have a, uh, Old fashioned that I made out of rye instead of bourbon. So I got some bitters in there. I got a little bit of the dimmer uh, simple syrup that I made. Expressed an orange peel. I got a brandied cherry. I did it upright. That is good stuff. Thank you, Legato. Thank you for the dare, name redacted. Our movie dare this week is from another good supporter of the podcast, Dean Longenecker. Dean is a monthly donator to the show. So when he gives us something, we, we sit up, we listen, we pay attention hand on the chin, stroke in the chin, one eyebrow up, like really considering every single word and the order of the words and the pauses between the words. Like we are fucking into it, dude. Dan sits at a teletype just just reading the feed as it comes in over the wire to us. And you should see my face. I, oh. It's just all washing over me, right? Oh, whoo. And the Silent joy in his face. <laughs> When he saw Godzilla 1998 come through that feed. True joy. True, pure, pure joy. This is a 1998 disaster action flick directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, and Maria Patillo. Why did Dean dare us this movie? He says, debated this one for a long time. Absolutely love this movie. Ferris Bueller is the hero. Moe and Homer. Makes you wonder how can a 300-foot monster disappear in Manhattan? That human pregnancy test works on lizards? I mean, it's got a horrible monster, bad CGI even by 98 standards, cringeworthy acting and actors, but I can recite all the dialogue. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> this is so much fun. I love that he just completely shits on the whole thing, but yeah. he's like, but I love it. Uh, uh, if you ever want me to recite it, word for word, I'm <laughs> <in>. <laughs> IMDb raves. 
A giant reptilian monster surfaces, leaving destruction in its wake as it strides into New York City. To stop it, an earthworm scientist, his reporter ex-girlfriend, and another unlikely heroes team up to save the city. Have you seen Godzilla 1998, Quirky? I've, I, I'm not a fan of Godzilla. I, I think Godzilla is such an overrated monster. Damn, that's harsh. Yeah, so no, I've never seen it. Never seen it. I have seen it. I saw it in the theater. I was one of the few to see it in the theater. So obviously, it was a big time bomb. And I got to say, I have like a soft spot for like giant monster destroys everything kind of movies. And I actually kind of like this movie. I agree that it is absolutely it's but I don't know this movie. It is really so bad, but I just I don't know. I have a fondness for this kind of a movie. Have you seen it since the theater? Oh, yeah. 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 I've seen it since the theater. I can recite every word. (laughs) Are you sure this wasn't you? Are you Dean Longenecker? Me and Dean get together and we just like, we just like go word for word. We're like try to find, try to, try to, try to trip the other one up. Nope. You missed the preposition there. Um, But yeah, I kind of like Godzilla 1998 and I would be fully on board to, uh, to watch this one. Good. Okay. And now our feature presentation. Food fight. Dared to us by Charlie Sheen. Can you believe it? No. Can you do a Charlie Sheen impersonation? <laughs> Hang on. Let me go abuse a prostitute. I need to get into character. Corgi, there's no one here. Go no, take I all the cartilage out of your nose. I don't have a... <laughs> I don't have a, a Charlie Sheen. I'm sorry. Okay. Charlie says, longtime fan, first time caller. I don't think you've ever done an animated film meant for children before, so why not subject your delicate sensibilities to the steaming pile of creamy excrement that is Food Fight, an assault on the eyes and ears and souls of all who dare. Horrible looking, bad jokes and sarcastic quotes, product placement galore, it's a feast! The IMDb synopsis for Food Fight, the evil brand X joins a supermarket that becomes a city after closing time. <laughs> that doesn't even be <laughs> to describe what's going on in this movie. Yes, Food Fight is our feature presentation this week. It was directed, produced, and co-written by Lawrence Kazanoff, a producer with zero experience in animation. What could go wrong? Well, everything. Uh, The film was announced in 1999, originally scheduled for release in 2003. So far, so good. Uh, But the troubled production kept missing its release dates. At one point, Kaznov claims that the hard drives containing most of the unfinished work were stolen. They changed animation styles mid-movie, which is just smart. Uh, And after missing release date after release date, the producers finally defaulted on a loan in September 2011, at which point the assets and rights were auctioned off and the movie was stampeded into theaters, basically to avoid lawsuits. Uh, Voice talent here includes Hilary Duff, Haley Duff of Holiday Engagement fame, don't you know? Charlie Sheen, Ava Longoria, Wayne Brady, Christopher Lloyd, Ed Asner, Larry Miller, and many, many more. Like, the, every voice is by a semi-recognizable voice, almost. Kazanoff himself voices Cheezle the Weasel. I think it's very obvious who are actors and who are just <laughs> animation studio producers. Uh, one more shout-out. Edie McClurg from Elvira colon Mistress of the Dark fame as what Mrs. Butterworth. Because, yes, many of the characters, well, actually all of the characters, are consumer uh product icons corporate icons corporate mascots actual brand icons or uh knockoffs yes uh the movie was not released in the united states it premiered in uk theaters on june 15th 2012 gross about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars worldwide which is too much Uh, No Rotten Tomato or Metacritic scores, but in 2019, Nathan Rabin wrote, quote, This is the kind of movie so unbelievably, surreally, and exquisitely terrible that you want to share it with the rest of the world, end quote. Corky. Sure. Did you feel that same desire to share this film with the world? Or would you say that Nathan is a Rabin lunatic? Wordplay. Uh, I would say that if a friend, quote unquote, tried to share this movie with me, I would question our friendship. I would wonder what their ulterior motives were. And it makes me think that it's amazing that the UK did not declare war on the United States <laughs> because this only released there and not here. 
this film was flat out hard to watch. It boggles it, the mind. It was hard to watch, and it was not even based on the book Stone Cold Bummer by Manipulate. <laughs> 30 Rock reference. Who's in? Come on. Yeah, the closest comp to anything we've done before, I always like to kind of ground everybody because no one's actually seen this film. Love on a Leash. Sure. Both yeah, because of the obvious like technical issues that were going on, but then also the <laughs> the fact that it feels unfinished. And the fact that there is a lot of interspecies sexualization going oh on. Oh my. Like whoever like Larry Kasanoff has some some fetishes. Now it is ghastly sights and ghastly sounds all wrapped up in a ghastly complete lack of any moral center. Every character, as they're just standing around talking, gesticulates and dances about wildly, which is kind of like sort of like a 90s video game cut screen kind of a thing where somebody is just like throwing their arms around and, and dancing about. Or spinning in a circle. Spinning and doing all sorts of things while the camera, you know, quote unquote, of the animation is also doing spinning and swooping and flying and for no fucking reason. No. No one, like, none of the mouths match the voices. None of the motions match the characters. And everything is all, like, anything liquid is like a glob. People have scaly skin for no reason. There's parts of this movie that are blurry. That, like, it's so fucking unfinished. It's really one of those times where us being an audio podcast only hurts us in describing a movie. Because there's no way we can convey can't really just how bad this is. It, I'll, I'll, I always put the trailer for the film. So check out as much as you can of it and you'll get the idea. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's horrifying to look at and to listen to. So that, there's that. Now, how about the fact that all of these corporate products are fucking horny as fuck? <laughs> like they are so oversexed. It makes no, like it's so fucked up, like stupid. It's unbelievable. So you want to get into it? Sure. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. So, Food Fight, brought to you by Threshold Animation Studios. Corky, I reached my threshold about yeah. three seconds into this movie. It is so assaultive. It, by way of you speaking, you got to that joke faster than me, because it was the same joke I was going to make. So named because they make you reach your threshold immediately. <laughs> and right away, we get the first of these many swooping and swirling kind of shots, where the sort of camera eye is swooshing down from 300 feet in the air. But why? Why is it doing this? For no reason. There's no reason for any of it. I never thought I'd see a movie where that beat 365 days for like (laughs) drone shots, swooping camera. The camera is nonstop moving. It's nauseating, really. Yeah. The whole feel of it is nauseating. So we're swooping into this supermarket. It is called Marketopolis Market. Why isn't it just called Marketopolis? Why is it the Marketopolis Market? Is the city Marketopolis? <laughs> uh, and the old man is shooing some lady out of the store. Uh, the old clerk who lives there, he's still forced to work, even though he's uh, well into his senior years. It's pretty bleak, <laughs> well, he's, honestly. He's an octogenarian at best. <laughs> and he says, it's all right, nothing much happens here after dark but lo and behold corky after dark the lights go out and the market comes to life toy story style or more literally sausage party style i, I would say more in the style of a computer screensaver from 1996 <laughs> all the animation of this it's all 2d yeah. if you notice everything's on a straight line yeah all the characters move on straight lines because that's that's the only kind of animation they can do <laughs> And right away, right in our face is some sort of a like like we're we're remember we're just being introduced to this concept of like lights go out, the market comes to life, and there's a whole city and it's Marketopolis. It's the actual but, city of Marketopolis. But like immediately there's some sort of a jabbering flying creature. And it's hard to tell like what anything is, right? Like some of these corporate symbols are like really obvious. So Mr. Clean is like, okay, he's a bald man, white shirts, white eyebrows. Got it. Charlie the Tuna yeah. is a tuna wearing like glasses and a smushed hat. But then other things, it's like, what the fuck is that? I don't know sure. what that is because it's just yeah. like, it's so poorly animated. Some of them are human also, which let me assure you of that. 
does not make the over-sexualization of these characters any less disturbing. The fact that there's interspecies sex going on. Trust me that it makes it more disturbing. Take my word for it. We all know this concept. Toy Story. They All the toys come alive and they have their inner interactions, but they're in Andy's bedroom. <laughs> it doesn't just become a city that now has a church and a mosque and Radio City Music Hall. It's it, it doesn't make any sense, even if you're buying into the logic line. Uh, as, as all of this is happening, we're sort of being introduced to the city with all these, again, nauseating, swooping shots. We hear this song, and the lyrics at one point say, <laughs> My friends come out to creep. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. They are all creepy as fuck. Uh, we meet Kung Tofu. We meet yep. a dancing elephant. We meet sure. a farting frog. All of them rendered horribly. The farting frog gets squished onto Mr. Clean, which is sort of this movie's idea of a running joke, which is that Mr. Clean, who is one of these <laughs> Ikes, which is uh, yeah. the name for all these people because they're corporate icons, so they call them Ikes. But uh, uh, Mr. Clean is constantly getting things squished on him, right? It's ironic because he's Mr. Clean. With the farting frog coming out of a sewer, you realize <laughs> this place has its own infrastructure. <laughs> there's a sewer. There's an elect- They show electrical meters play very heavily in this third act. Is that in the supermarket as well? Does the supermarket have its own sewer system? Uh, yeah. And as I said, the they're called Ikes, which is a shortening of corporate icons, which I guess Uncomfortable. is like, it's weird. It's, they're the Ikes. I mean, like, in what world is it like, take a name for a culture or race of people, shorten it to one syllable and call them uh-huh. that all the time? Not the most racist thing you can do. There's no way yeah. they're all calling themselves Ikes. All Especially right. when the Nazis come in. It's uh, like, right? that, I'm not using the... No. Um, but we do mean our hero, Ike, who is Dex... Dex Dog Detective, he is the Ike for Cinnamon Sleuth Serial, and he is voiced by a heavily medicated Charlie Sheen. Uh, he is just barely awake for this, and you know, honestly, so is Dex Dog Detective. It's funny, everyone else like <laughs> dances around and does all sorts of stuff, but Dex Dog Detective is like no facial expression or anything at all. There used to be a term for something called phoning it in when people actually used phones. <laughs> Now that people are literally phoning things in, oh, yeah. you can tell that he's even more checked out. We need to go with below phoning it in. Dex Dog Detective mm-hmm. is fighting someone on, uh, not fighting, but just standing on top of a hot air balloon. Yes. It is uh, someone named Cat Burglar, Fat Cat Burglar, mm-hmm. who is a rat, by the way, not a cat. And four of the most grotesque, hairless hamsters in <laughs> judo geese who are Definitely not supposed to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. They look like they have progeria. They look like ball sacks with progeria. It, it's terrible. What is product that has, like, a hairless karate <laughs> hamster? <laughs> four of them. What product has four hairless karate hamsters? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's fighting a Harvey Firestein rat and his karate hamsters on a hot air balloon, as you do. Um, he gets the, <laughs> the hamsters to chase pizza off of the balloon great stuff no character's expression will match what they're saying no. Mm-mm. or their movement. their eyes yeah it doesn't it nothing harvey fire scene is voicing this fat cat burglar and says as it gets defeated <laughs> is that so wrong Seriously. which is a john lovitz joke impersonating harvey firestein but he's doing a he's doing a line from uh torch song trilogy now but he's laying it on like. But, oh, he's doing the Don Lovitz version of him. Exactly. Of Harvey Firestein. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like that's a wrap on Harvey Firestein. Cut the check. Did the check clear? That's all. F- like, who fucking cares about anything else? I knew we were in for a lot of trouble when Dex Dog Detective falls from this hot air balloon. Yeah. It looked like a mannequin falling because he doesn't move at all, and he just <laughs> slides across a moving image. It was so fucking bad. Yes, he does something indescribable to get out of this. I can't even explain it. Mm. Um, and that's going to be a theme here <laughs> in this movie. That is nothing on the denouement. The ending of this movie makes no fucking sense. No. So we, we find out that, okay, so he saves the day, basically, however he does it. We find out that he leads the Supermarket Defense Association. So he's not a dog detective. And are we sure that he's also not Indiana Jones or Rick from Casablanca? Because he dresses and like both of them and uses their yep. lines and does their bits. 
Oh my God. We meet a reporter named Hedda Shopper. Again, like what? <laughs> this is a movie about corporate mascots getting shoved up each other's butts. Who is getting <laughs> this Hedda Hopper reference of anybody who's <laughs> watching this? This is such an old fucking reference. Like, hey, this- why do you have Christine Baranski? <laughs> <laughs> fucking slumming the kids demand their baranski next we meet wayne brady voice of dan the squirrel uh, is that what he was i couldn't figure out what he was he was a chocolate squirrel oh i know he's chocolate oh he's chocolate that <laughs> comes to into play uh, sexual chocolate he does the most of the the gesture dancing right like he's yeah, just talking oh. but he is like doing backflips he's spinning around he's flailing his arms about and he's just like delivering his lines and it's just like why did they have the squirrel do all that stuff why not just like have him deliver his who does anything like that it and it's bizarre and everything is just horrifying dan actually cries at one point he cries (laughs) chocolate but again everything is all anything liquid is rendered as this glob it looks like he just cries turds that's it that's it So now we get to meet Sunshine Goodness. You remember, Dex is a dog detective. Uh huh. Dog detective. He basically looks like McGruff, if you can kind of get just to give you a picture. He is. He stands upright. He walks around, but he is a dog, right? His face is that of a completely dog. Sunshine Goodness is a cat. No, she's also a woman. She's a she's a woman with some cat features, (laughs) not like Jocelyn Wildenstein. She is a woman with just like makeup that's kitty makeup. And tiny little ears that could just be like, you know, little, like a little headband that you wear, right? Like she's basically a woman. With it's a, a gateway for furries. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and like they're in love. And, and I want you are... to know this Sunshine Goodness is mm. definitely not Sun Made uh, from no. Sun Made Raisins. Ups. Sir, how dare you? She behaves like a child she's and he is like, yeah. It's 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 very it's unsettling. Upsetting. It's all upsetting. So he, Dex is going to propose to Sunshine, um, but as he's doing this, Danny the Squirrel, whose whole thing is that he's a pilot, but he's not very good. He it does some skywriting, but he crashes. Dex is like, I'm sure he's fine <laughs> from his plane crash, <laughs> but she runs off anyway. Card cut to Dex and Dan. Yeah, it was so obvious he's about to propose. Like he. While Dan is flying in his plane, he's skywriting with like clouds a proposal. He's on his knee. He's got, and she's just like, "What's in his hand?" Like, <laughs> this, she's a child. She's got the mental acuity of a child. Do not marry this woman. No, it, it's actually should be illegal for you to try. Yeah. Also, species shouldn't be fucking other species. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just taking a hard line on that. Like, I don't care if that. Uh, I, I don't care if I'm canceled. Dogs shouldn't know. fuck cats. It's how you get a liger, man. It's how, it's how you know, the burrow was made. <laughs> I don't know. Am I awful for noticing how many upskirt shots they had on Sunshine Goodness? Oh, man. Everyone, like I said, so sexualized. It's Everyone's so sexual. sexual. Should be called food fuck. Cut to Dex and Dan, who are just at the crash site, and they're like, where's Sunshine Goodness? She's disappeared. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure she'll come back. Smash cut six months later, and now we're actually in the store. Okay. This Remember the is old, frightening. The old man who's like the only employee in the store and works like 16-hour days, I guess. So the representative from Brand X comes in. He's voiced by Christopher Lloyd. <sighs> he His gesturing, he walks with this kind of crazy stomping, lurching, wildly flailing motion. He is slurring and like spitting with every word. He's cocking his head back in a crazy way. He's just acting in the most crazy way, and Christopher Lloyd is doing the most. He walks like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black when the bug actually gets into his skin yes. and he's walking around. Yes, like- that's that's the behavior. So uh, this representative of Brand X, the evil Brand X, comes in and demands that his products be put on the shelves. And he even smashes and stomps on a bag of chips for no reason. And the store owner... <laughs> Picks up the bag of chips like it's died and goes, that was a perfectly good bag of chips. <laughs> real pathos. Um, and the, the icon, I mean, the icon on the bag, who is a sailor, is like, oh my God, one of my men went down. I need to go 
yeah and find out what's behind this but then i thought like well wait but there's only one of the sailors right yeah on the back there's not like thousands of these sailors running around marketopolis right there's only the one sailor i don't i can't i can't vouch you can't vouch. We only meet <laughs> one sailor. It's like no other of the entire wall of bag of chips reacts to one of their own being murdered, except for this one guy. I gotcha. Ah, fuck this movie. Just don't think about it. Don't think about it. So Dex has the kind of save me nightmare. Again, we're six months later. Uh, save me, save me, Dex. So sunshine goodness. Oh my God. He wakes up. But now... He's not a dog detective anymore, or whatever the fuck else he was, head of the Supermarket Defense Association. Pick a lane, Dex. He is now basically Rick from Casablanca. He has Rick's white tuxedo. He's got a pimp's purplish white tuxedo. (laughs) And I love this scene because he's so depressed that he had to quit being a detective because it's the one case he couldn't solve. And he's going on about how sad he is. Meanwhile, he's opening the hottest nightclub the in all of Marketopolis. fucking nightclub. Uh, he's still brooding over Sunshine, but Danny the Squirrel is like, hey, leave her for dad. What are you going to yeah. do? You tried. And the club is called the Copa Banana. Again, great, like, great stuff for the kids. They love it. I thought it was the Casa Banana. Oh, it's the Copa Banana. Okay, so like Copa Copa. Okay. Yeah, quirky. Did you not get the whole idea? It's all food puns. Literally everything is food puns. I think it's pretty confusing that he's dressed like Rick's from Casablanca, <laughs> and he opens the Copa Banana. I know, right? And he's got a pet capybara. So as they're going into the club, Danny, who I remember is a chocolate squirrel, screams to a human woman, quote, nice packaging. I'd like to butter your muffin. <laughs> there are some humans, like you said, that live here and they're out on the dance floor dancing, getting down. And you see several images of the same human that's yeah. littered around the dance floor. There's a sedum. <laughs> there are a sedum in this nightclub. We forgot. We kind of skipped over a little scene where we meet Cheezel, oh, the please. weasel. Uh, who will figure into this for some absolute? Uh, he reason. looks like horrifying, horrifying. A turd it, it, mixed with a penis and ball sack. It's the most and grotesque he's thing in ways that don't make any sense. He's constantly like sticking his neck in. Th- it's weird. So this weasel is trying to shake down a penguin. This is polar penguin, and Dex saves the penguin and brings him to the club. And this is where we meet all of the partying. Ikes, the, the California Raisins are performing. Like I said, Charlie the Tuna's there. Uh, everyone's all into it. Um, at one point, a bunch of Ikes are walking, and then another Ike walks into someone else's butt, at which point he says the line, I'm a stuck in a butt. It's so disgusting. <laughs> like, that's the level of humor there. Again, remember, there's Requiem for a Dream references in this fucking Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's people are getting stuck in each other's butt. But we meet Brand X's Ike. This is Lady X, voiced by Ava Longoria. And right away, all of the other corporate mascots want to fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are tongues out, slobbering. Jacking it hard, not even giving. It reminds me of Teddy Rex. As soon as they got to the nightclub, it just became this like weird Caligula. It was like they all just they. uh, Dex again. He's the hot shit, so he's gonna stick his uh, cartoon uh, ding dong in Lady X, right? No, she goes off with Danny the Squirrel, and why does she go off with Danny the Squirrel? Danny the Squirrel quote. Chicks dig chocolate. After that line and they leave together, Dex Dog Detective is now brooding in his office. And the weirdest version of You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine. It's like a gritty, like Bruce Hornsby, <laughs> Billy and the Beaters type of bluesy ballad. You are my sunshine. Disturbing. My only sunshine. And we get this crazily swooping, swirling shot as Dex pours a glass of milk. Like Michael Bay looks at this and he's like, whoa, take it down a notch. (laughs) (laughs) That's assaultive on the senses, sir. Um, But who shows up at Dex's house? But... Lady X, and she is wearing a sexy schoolgirl outfit. I shit you not. And this, she's a human. Remember, this is a human, just a raven haired beauty. Uh, and she furiously, 
I want to emphasize and underline and italicize that word, furiously grinds this dog. Yes. Just she dry humps the him. hell out just of that dog. in him, on him, around him, uh, uh, orbits his fuck everything. My God. They do this tango, right? Which is the weirdest thing because they weren't like at a tango. There wasn't a dance floor. They just start tangoing in his office. As we said, this movie's all puns, right? It's like all puns or references to famous movies with a line changed. Sure. But it's called Food Fight, but it's like 50-50 food and dishwashing (laughs) detergent or soap puns. Where where does all that come into food? She... She, her whole bit is that she's like a detergent or something like that. She's like the mascot for a detergent. She's brand X. She's, she's, she's generic. generic. Yeah, but like her, her thing is detergent, I think. Because later she's thrown in a dryer. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like accidentally critical of capitalism. It's very know, pro-capitalism, right? <laughs> but it, it's like so close almost to there, getting almost it. Almost there. But then uh, Charlie Detuna shows up and does the Macarena. But yeah, they do a tango. <laughs> and let me tell you. Fucking last tango in Paris was not this fucking sexual. My God, like there is some <laughs> serious fucking shit going on. And then we find out that everybody who got kicked out of the club after fighting Dex's club was murdered. There, now the murders begin. Mur- yeah, the murders begin. The murders in this begin. children's like, what was movie. the pitch for this movie that convinced all these like corporations to be like, yeah, good idea. Yeah, corporate mascots fuck and murder each other. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm way into yeah. that. I've always thought the 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 kid cuisine penguin needed to be taken down. Daddy thought I would never be a success. Well, it was a success now, Dad. You're dead. Um, we meet. I don't know what his name was, but I call him the green face BDSM general. Oh, I liked him. This guy had kink. He loved his kink. Mainly, his kink was just being a Nazi. Um, so this is, there is some like, uh, Ilsa, the she-wolf stuff going on with this character. There's a lot of that. Um, one of his first lines, he says, that would be fun. More fun than a spanking. I'm into a spanking, but guess what? I'm a grown man. This is for children. Like, (laughs) whatever. Lawrence Kazanaugh told on himself so much with this movie, especially the character that he voiced, the (laughs) Cheezle Weasel character. Yeah, and we see Cheezle Weasel again. Cheezle Weasel tries to actually help Dex, actually tries to inform on Lady X, and Dex is like, no, and uh, he gets squashed with some... The, the thing is, the Cheezle the Weasel's bit is that he always... He's Wiley Coyote. Yeah, exactly. And, but he moves in this scene like the exorcist crab walk where she walks down <laughs> yes. backwards. He's like, well, it's like so unsettling, just the look of him. Then he starts doing shit like that. So Dex, after refusing help in taking down Lady X, goes to take down Lady X. So he breaks into her house where she's all sexed up. And again, they do another horrifying tango. Where she reveals her plot. Yeah, she basically reveals I'm evil. Back brand X. He refuses. She knocks him out. And she sticks him in a dryer with Danny the Squirrel. Danny the Squirrel is still alive. There's now a curfew for all non-brand X products. I thought it was restraint that the movie did not make a Crystal Knocked reference. I was waiting for Crystal Light Knocked or something like that. Because jackbooted Nazi thugs are marching and goose-stepping through the streets. They're wearing Kaiser helmets, so it's all the iconography's all mixed up. Yes. Yeah, that happens. That happens for show. For show that happens. There's a lot of Nazi imagery. No one's not <laughs> there's saying there's a lot of Nazi imagery, but fuck. Um, but yeah, the Brand X goons, who are all again dressed like Nazis, are murdering all of the Ikes and forming a Nazi police state and creating an army of robotic exobites. Whatever those are. Somewhere along the line here, the chocolate squirrel says, I wanted to lick the icing off of Sweet Cakes. <laughs> sweet Cakes is Sunshine's sister. This man, this squirrel, this horned up squirrel is talking about going down on Sweet Cakes. Yeah. There was no reason for it. <laughs> we never met that character. They just talk about in reference. The only thing they bring up is how much he wanted to give perform cunnilingus. On sweet cakes, and it's 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 either Hillary or a Hillary Duff. I don't know the difference. It's one of the Duffs. We meet this doctor with a big nose, uh, yeah, who has Jesus. a voice like Woody Allen and sneezes green goo. 
Uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, a cartoon elephant is being tortured. That's happening, like in this movie. Like there is an Abu Ghraib in Marketopolis. They're bringing people there and torturing them. Like it's like it's a blue elephant in his boxers. What the fuck? (laughs) Yo, what product is a half naked elephant? What? what, what? And like torture him? Like what the fuck? And it's hard to waterboard an elephant because of the tusk. It is. You got to pin that fucking thing down. So now, as in Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny Mnemonic, this becomes about doing a pretty simple thing. They need to send an email. So this is like the big adventure now in the movie where they're like, we have to send an email and we have to send it now. Oh my God, that's going to be really hard to do. So, but they have to do it during the day because they have to do it really fast when the store is open. Um, and the humans are in, the, and we actually see the human shoppers this, here. The most horrifying. They're more terrifying than any of the fucking corporate icons. They they are just absolute fucking nightmare fuel. They are. It's so disturbing. Again, they have like rocks for skin. Their hair is like textureless. They're all just very over animated. Um, yeah. Sometimes, like when you would see our crumb drawings you'd be mm. like okay i see his exaggerated style but right. he's got a style and then you'd flip a page you'd be like oh my god <laughs> what what is in that mind <laughs> so did i say that this was the big adventure now nope adventure over the store's just closed now like five <laughs> seconds later honestly the store's closed they set this up like this is the second act of the movie is the quest uh-huh. to go send an email and it's like nope here we go oh, we're and i love it we know the store is closed because we hear uh, the old man's <laughs> voice go the store is now closed who was that for yeah <laughs> if you're in the store you're in the store <laughs> lights are out store is open it's for himself like he lives in the <laughs> just store. a reminder he lives in a van outside the store um <laughs> So they're sending email now. Well, are they, though? Because the email is personified, and the email is dancing and spinning while it's talking. Yep. That's, I'm like, what the fuck? Why is the fucking email, why is the email a person? Why is the person talking, and why is it dancing and spinning around while it's talking? Why is it doing that? I don't know. There's nonstop movement by these characters. It is. And it, mm, but even like pointless. Even the squirrel friend, Daredevil Dan, when he's not twitching and gyrating, he's sliding back and forth. Like the the image is just moving. They're just like, always move, always move. Always. Because this looks like shit. Yeah, just standing around saying this dialogue is not going to work. We meet Larry Miller as... We actually were introduced in the first shot of the movie... Or one of the first yes. shots in the movie. He was the jabbering flying creature. Who I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, it turns out he's yeah. a bat. Who knew? <laughs> who the fuck knew? And he is, I would call him a gay disco bat. Yep. And he wants to fuck yes. Danny the Squirrel. Danny the Squirrel. Do you like I will chocolate? say this is the yes, only what? enjoyable. <laughs> because... Uh, it felt like Larry Miller was obvious. There was no dialogue. No, he's just riffing. He's just, he's just fucking around making fucking, jokes. Yeah. And also because this bat, this gay disco bat is the only character where you're like, who is that? <laughs> like, because Daredevil Dan is obviously Rocket J. Squirrel. Mm. Dog Detective is obviously McGruff the Crime Dog. But they just legally can't say that's who they are. Right. Who the fuck is gay disco bat? <laughs> like, what is <laughs> and also there's no through line in the style of these characters this no. animation like usually they try to find a tone in, in animation where they were like yeah they all inhabit this world they have to, like Simpsons will all look the same Futurama that's graining style Disney does that you know this nothing looks yeah. similar it's all fucking off the wall that is so fucking I, true yeah I'd say gay yeah gay disco bat is the only pleasing one to look at <laughs> so through their emailing Sure. Uh, in 2000 or 1999, when this movie was conceived, I'm sure they were just like emailing, whatever. Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, but through their emailing, they find out that Brand X ordered recalls of the other brands, which, what? That doesn't make any – other brands don't get to recall other brands? That doesn't make sense. So uh, go with it. So That's where they lost me, turns I out, mean, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's where. 
Sunshine Goodness got recalled. What? Sunshine Goodness got recalled. And also some other brand associated with Sunshine Goodness. That was about prunes, but their Ike was ugly. Remember that? Oh. For the one, I mean, it's just give me a break. Good message. So now they're going to send an email to recall brand X products because that's a thing that you can do. When they find on the email that other brand that was recalled, Pacillus prunes. But they are genetically gigantic prunes. But when you see the image on the screen, it says genetically giant prunes. Like like they couldn't even get that (laughs) shit right. (laughs) Um, One of the, there's like a several kind of military figures who are Lady X's henchmen. One of them is this really fat Russian lady who is always eating. She makes a huge burp as they're all kind of standing at attention and then blames a koala superhero who is sent to death. That's this movie. It's four or five-year-olds. Why was I attracted to her? I don't know why. I had a, I had a slight attraction to her. The fishnets, I think. Yes, fishnets. The, the Brand X slogan, which they repeat, one store, one world, one X. And they even go into the club and start chanting that. But they start Holy singing shit. the other <laughs> the fucking supermarket theme song, which is set to the Marseillaise, which is just basically, this is a fucking another Casablanca reference. This movie has like a half dozen Casablanca references. Um, so we're preparing for battle now. We're preparing for battle. We get all these pre-battle speeches. At one point, it actually gets to get blurry. And finally, we get the line, food, Fight! So we're heading Uh-oh. towards the big final battle, right? No, because you right? look at the runtime and you're like, holy shit, we're two-thirds of the way through this movie. Yes. How? Wh- how? How is this not the final 15 minutes? That doesn't... What? And the battle scene does take a long... I was watching that. I'm like, fuck, this is like 13 assassins. This thing goes on. They, The Ikes, the good Ikes, dump hot chocolate, which again, remember, everything that is a liquid is just rendered as a series of globs, so guess what it looks like they're dumping all over this army? Turd globs. And there's no splashes? Just No, there's no texture to anything. Nothing has texture. That's the thing. It's like that, and that's like the last step of the animation process, so they obviously this movie is just not... It's not done. And not that that was going to help. No. There's a part where the Brand X soldiers like retreat, retreat, and they just do the same marching motion that they were doing earlier, yes. but just sped up. To make it like they knew we're not going to draw anything new. We're not doing that. And speaking of nothing new, this final half hour is shot after shot after shot Uh of exploding color blobs knocking out these corporate mascots, just like laying waste to them from the same angle. And the same way, and shot the same way every single fucking time. It's like that's all they animated out of this final half hour. So they're like, we got to show it over and over and over again. And a lot of times it's not even like they make the sound of an explosion, but yeah. if they just fill the scene, the fill the screen with a bunch with of shit, blobs. so you can't really see what's happening. Like, I assume something's happening. I guess those are pie bombs. I guess uh, it looks like the Ikes are winning, but here come the WMDs. This movie is for five year olds. Um, so now all of these beloved corporate cartoon mascots start getting annihilated with nauseating color blobs and huge ketchup guns. They, they roll the ketchup in on tanks, like literal tanks. Yes. I'm like, why did you put ketchup on there? Just run them the fuck over in those mechanized three-ton tanks. It was a little much. It's a little much for the ketchup. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Uh, we get a simultaneous reference. Again, remember, this movie is just for five-year-olds undiscriminating five-year-olds at that. We get a simultaneous Wizard of Oz and the Graduate reference in the same shot. What? When, like, flying, the her flying things, which are basically the queen's flying monkeys, fly over through her crooked leg. Yes. She crooks her leg, Mrs. Robinson style, and then these flying monkey kind of creatures fly through. So, I mean, <laughs> just giving the kids what they want. I didn't catch either. I just thought, holy shit, that is really, uh, these drones are coming out of my pussy shot. That is what that is. <laughs> I mean, it works both ways. That's what's so great about it. <laughs> we get the, uh, now there's an aerial dog fight with Bubblegum and Danny the Squirrel and the Vlasic the Pickle Stork. <laughs> just 
Oh, yeah. Also, the uh, Tootsie Pop owl <laughs> is in there. <laughs> He's fallen on hard times. Really? He had to take the gig. What's weird is that so many of these mascots are like, they're even by 2003 when this movie was supposed to come out, were kind of outdated. Twinkie the Kid. The California Raisins. Charlie the Tuna. I mean, those are like really old ones. And then some of them, again, this movie is so poorly animated that like some of them, I was like, okay, there's a lumberjack. Is that supposed to be the brownie lumberjack? Or is that just a poorly animated lumberjack? I can't tell. Yeah, I think they just drew something akin to it. Just, yes. It's just short of legally identifiable yes. as. So. Oh, <laughs> During the fight. One of the generals on the Brand X side is just dancing, going, Pudding and strudel is what I think about. <laughs> what? And another character says, Food goes right to my butt. I don't remember who said it. At this point, I was just trying to catalog. I wasn't experiencing yeah. things. I was just like, I will let that happen later with, with a trained <laughs> yeah, psychotherapist. Right. I can't do that now. I just need to journal this out. I just need to get the fucking things on the page right now. I'm just sitting there like, I know our side is taking heavy casualties. <laughs> Are they going to pull this out? Uh, the weasel... Gets drafted into La Resistance and then dumped into a sewer. Uh, Francois Fromage, who is a French Foreign Legion, don't even don't Vichy you, government. Don't you dare say that. Uh, whatever. He, can we just agree that he has a horrible skin disease? <laughs> yes, we can agree. He's definitely got smallpox. Really, really <laughs> like he was probably going to die anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, all of the Ikes in the middle of this start putting these lightning rods on their building. Yeah. I didn't get what they were at Neither first. Did I. I did not. I was just like, was why like, are they putting toilets and statues of each other in the building? I mean, but they're putting stuff up that is kind of identifiable for who they are, you know? Exactly. Except like the for hamsters put up pizza. The vampire bat puts up a picture of Danny the squirrel. Like it's a little sexually aggressive, but all right. Yeah. But the the hamsters put up pizza. They are definitely not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They, I mean, they definitely do not just cowabunga on pizza, dude. <laughs> <laughs> was the frog supposed to be he got caught so was he, he supposed to be the budweiser frog or was he just a frog because he has a crown that kind of looks like i think that's what he was he's about that time was budweiser frogs but again just kind of changed just enough to you can't say like, king of beers frog right, right. they even they changed shit so close to trademark shit like there's a part in in copa cabana copa banana where rick aka dog detective says play it and he can't say play it again, Sam. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's just like, play it. <laughs> yeah, but, but the frog gets captured. The frog and, gets uh, captured and it... they threaten to cut out its tongue because this is a movie for five-year-olds. It's scary. <laughs> it's like, and he says, I don't like her. She's very mean. Because that's the dialogue. Because it is for fucking five-year-olds. That's what's so funny. Yeah. There's a donut drum core. There's a whole bunch more color glob explosions. Uh, Polar Penguin, we haven't talked about him, but he's he was he was saved by Dex like really early in the film. And Voiced he, by Chris Kattan. Yes, Chris Kattan. He's just a meek little penguin with glasses, and he's always helping Dex, and he's always he's the little you know he's the little definitely not Chili Willy. He is definitely not <laughs> no, Chili. No, Willy. Certainly not. Um, but as this is all going on, it looks like the penguin is going to be the hero. He runs in. He's just about to save the day, but ooh, he gets stabbed. To <laughs> death. To death. That's when I applauded. This is the I movie. Still... This is the movie. Uh, and an evil person gets crushed by a Dinty Morkin. And Francois Fromage is dead too. Boom. So people are just fucking dropping like flies. Absolutely. Dex, meanwhile, looks up to Lady X and he says, in a very kind of Temujin-y sort of way, I felt... I'm going to pop your corn. <laughs> um, but before that happens, we get to experience Polar Penguin's death throes, and his final words are honestly worthy of Dutch Schultz, I, I thought. Oh, that's good. I like it. So remember the whole lightning rod thing that we didn't understand earlier? <laughs> so light, it was a big thing. They're building, Brand X buildings are all destroyed by a lightning storm. A manufactured lightning storm. I don't know how they manufactured the lightning storm. Couldn't tell you that. But they knew that 
doing something would create a lightning storm and that all of the buildings without lightning rods, which are all the Brand X buildings, would crumble 9-11 style. So they took down this whole fucking city. I mean, they've taken down <laughs> everything except for a handful of buildings. Yes. Absolutely. It's, there's it's the there's casualties. There is so many <laughs> casualties of war in that. There, uh, friendly fire... Unintended consequences, whatever you want to term it. There's even a, I forgot. There's even a reference in here where someone says I was just following orders. Sure. Like they're using the my light offense oh, in this fucking right? movie for I children. The the whatever this uh, Markatopoulos' version of the Nuremberg trials is going to be fucking lit <laughs> as fuck. It is going to be fucking intense. <laughs> <laughs> at, at <laughs> After the uh, the lightning thing, they have a discussion about Benjamin Franklin, and the frog doesn't understand who Benjamin Franklin is, and we're supposed to be like, "Oh, you stupid fucking frog!" None of these people have a reason to know people. None of these things have a reason to know who Benjamin Franklin Unless is. Unless he's a corporate icon. I mean, what, who? Yeah. They, I mean, the closest they, they can get is a guy from the oatmeal box. <laughs> Dex. Uh, goes to the Brand X building. Remember, this is a suicide mission, but he finds yep. there who? Sunshine Goodness, who is being oh. held hostage in the crumbling building. Uh, but Lady and she X- has been branded. Literally has an X on her neck. <laughs> this is some heavy it's shit. Really this is PTSD. It really fucking is. Uh, but Lady X is still in control. She slaps Dex around a little bit. And then Dex says to her, quote, I'm not the one who's going to be puppy whipped. You cold farted itch. <laughs> and this is where I wondered, did Charlie Sheen write his own dialogue? Because I could honestly see him screaming a variation of that sentence at a porn star. I, I was going to say, I don't think Charlie Sheen was actually doing lines. He was just, I mean, he was probably doing lines. <laughs> he was definitely doing lines. Definitely. <laughs> but he was shouting. At one of his housemates, just like those words. Oh, that's good. That's good. We'll use that. We'll just change everything else to uh, puppy whipped and cold farted itch. I forgot about this about Sunshine, though, is her eyes. She's got mm. the worst. It's like she's blind. Because right. her, her eyes just wander when she's talking to someone who's over to her right. <laughs> the eyes never track with her. Yeah. Um, but Lady X... Orders her murder. Why didn't she just do that in the first place? No idea. Uh, orders the murder and then leaves. Um, and right away, of course, Dex is like, okay, well, the only competent person is left, so I'm going to foil everything. And this is the green skin BDSM guy, of course, who you know, does the, uh, the whole carpet bit, yank, fall, and he says, I think I just wet myself. It feels rather nice. <laughs> This this scene makes no sense. The gun is just flying up in the air. She says, Dex, raisins, because she has some raisins on her, tosses two raisins. One hits the gun. The gun does something to the BDSM Nazi. It is, it's, again, it's, most of the action is just nonsensical. More nonsensical action. They are trying to escape this building, which is, again, crumbling, 9-11 style. And only thing that can save them, for whatever reason, is Danny the squirrel doing the loop-de-loop, which remember he tried to do earlier and he crashed and I guess started all this nonsense. Not really. But I, I guess Charlie Sheen saying loop-de-loop is pretty funny, though. The way he spells it's <laughs> loop-de-loop. Loop-de-loop. <laughs> Looks like they saved the day, right? But no! The Brand X human rep stomps in. Remember this? really stompy guy who shows up a couple of times. Uh, they bring him down very easily. And it turns out it's a robot powered by Lady X. She was Pusilla, the prune lady. She was the prune-faced Ike who got recalled. She enhanced herself with plastic surgery. She's just monologuing at this point. And this was all a revenge plot against Sunshine, which again, I have to ask the question, You've murdered a lot of people. Why not murder the one person who this was all a revenge plot against? You kept her, yeah. You kept her alive for six months. You kept for her alive no in like a luxury apartment. I mean, really, was just gonna kill her the second somebody found out about her. Felt like you could have done all of the rest of your evil plan. Sure, Mur- she mur- was like, in no way take the essence because the essence was part of the whole thing of like the, the thing, right? But then like murder her. Here's yeah. a thought: murder her, and. 
execute the rest of your evil plan flawlessly. Um, In this movie for kids, she does mention that size only counts for men. What? <laughs> Thank you. What? It was so natural the way it got brought in, too. The other thing is, like, if this technology exists where you can just be a little person inside of a giant person robot, why did you pick that persona? Why did you pick this person who walks and acts and speaks and does everything in such a strange way? Why not? Like, how did that help the plan? I thought it was because she couldn't control it properly was why. Uh, She's not. It's not like a meet Dave type of thing. Oh, it's not a meet Dave. Got it. No, That's my only he's pretty competent. Kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Lady X wants to fight, but Dex Dog Detective does not fight women so who jumps in sunshine goodness so they fight we get a joke are those melons real uh-huh fake tits jokes love them uh requiem for a whipped cream remember i said there was a hubert selby jr reference in this fucking movie requiem it's it's in the cream. opening too when they pan through the city yeah. you see it uh one punch from sunshine undoes all of the plastic surgery and <laughs> sunshine fucks her up really bad like fucks her fucks her ugly just like fucks yeah, all of true. the plastic out of her. Which is the real sin in this movie. Really? Is being an ugly uggo. <sighs> right. And Dex says the line, frankly, my dear, I don't give a spam. Because now he's rebuffing. Mm-hmm. Again, this is like a 70-year-old movie at this point. Don't forget Dex's big line throughout the secret is inside. That's what? right. <laughs> there was no payoff to that at all. None whatsoever. But Dex, he is not going to let this chance go. So he proposes, and she accepts, and we cut to their Jewish wedding. Yes. And all some of those Ikes are sitting around like, I didn't know he was Jewish. And Kung Tofu says, soy vey. And you want to go out on that one, right? But no, during the closing credits. No, they couldn't resist. We see Danny the Squirrel trying to close the deal on a four-way with several human women. Uh, so just a little something to fuel your nightmares forever. You also get uh, Inspector Fromage hooking up with Carmen Miranda. And they turn Fred around to go hold hands. Fromage, good acting like he's Inspector Renault. That's bullshit. <laughs> they, they go to... <laughs> Hold hands, and the hands do not meet, and oh, then they know, walk yes. off. T- <laughs> they walk off together. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, the woman who was Chiquita Banana, but wasn't also at the same time because they she just named she's named something completely different. Oh my mm. god! Food fight. Food fight. That's the movie. It um, it was it was something else. Corky, let's, uh, any final thoughts before we rate this sucker? Uh, it's surreal. We can't. No matter how weird it sounded, and yeah. it doesn't do justice. You have to look at it. You have to see what is happening. Yeah. It, I mean, on a conceptual level, it's awful, right? Like there there was no saving this movie. But then also take that movie and finish like seventy percent of it. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't have like don't finish certain scenes. Certainly, don't finish all of the textures. Don't finish the sound or anything. And then just get every character actor you can possibly wave enough money at to like phone like literally phone in their lines, and that you're done. That's your movie. <laughs> it's just twenty years in the making. I'm wondering because it's like sixty million. At what point, like, at what point is it like sunk cost? Like, mm. I, you know what? This, I can't release this. This is never going to get better. I'm 40 million in. I'm 30 million in, whatever. I, I just got to eat this. Or do you just get to that point where you're like, no, there's no way. I, I got to recoup some part. <laughs> well, I don't think it was 60, but I think it was something like 25. I didn't, couldn't find an actual. Uh, well, I found 53 and 60 were the well, two numbers I found. Fair enough. I mean, um, yeah. Absolutely. Whatever it was, it was too much. Whatever it was, yeah. I I think involving uh, this film, there was so much going on with like the licensing and with um, trying to have corporate partners and trying to do so many things that again, it got to a place where legally they sort of had to release the movie no matter what. Gotcha. Else, yeah. You know. So yeah, because um, they did sit on it for quite a while. They tried not to release it, bless their hearts, and yet here it is. Um, it's not something I want to share with the world to answer Nathan Raven's question. In fact, I would treat this movie as I would treat uh, 
um, like nuclear waste. I would go to the remotest part of the world. I would bury it as far down as I possibly could. I would cover it with all sorts of uh, coverings and just hope and pray that it could never harm anyone ever again. <laughs> we already have a victim. I saw uh, Colin Williams started watching on Facebook. Oh, he fl- he's, flip- he's flipping us off. God, Colin, <laughs> we're so sorry. We're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But just to remind everyone of our ratings, run of the mill bad film dare, next level bad double dare, and a movie we like, reverse dare. Quirky, I have a feeling I know where you're going on this, but I don't want. I've been wrong before, so hit me up. It's a detective, dextective, dog, detective, double dare, D style. It is. <laughs> it fails on every conceivable. I mean, there's no story. There's no f- humor. Everything in this thing is a reference to something else. Or a pun or an entendre of that. It is shockingly ugly to look at and witness that it, it, it hurts to look at some of it. Like, it, like you said, it's almost seizure inducing. It's, it's really fucking it's bad. It's quite nauseating with just how ugly the colors are, how ugly the movements are. And then you can combine the character movements with sort of the, you know, camera eye movements that are going on there too. Yeah. The message of it is really, really terrible. Like sex sells, mm-hmm. uh, ugly products are awful. Uh, commercialism, commercialism, commercialism at the, uh, just that's what it is. It's all about. Um, the only thing I liked at all, and it was just like uh, kind of a life raft. It was Larry Miller. And also uh, Max Moose, the character actor of Max Moose, I think his name is Jason Costanzo, Robert Costanzo. He's a character actor from Total Recall kind of stuff. Sure. You've seen him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. Double dare. Stay away. Double fucking dare all the fucking way. This movie was brutal. This was a hard one. <laughs> this was a hard one to sit through. This is what definitely this is in the pantheon of worst pieces of shit. Doesn't it feel like we could do another hour talking about it? Because there's like so much. There's so much going on to just to think about. I mean, like I said, I think I, I, I kind of sum it up in the sense that like I think most cartoons that go out into theaters are trying to satisfy multiple audiences, right? So a movie like Soul by Pixar, which I think is is good. I don't think it's like the best movie ever, but I like it. Here, it's a movie that. It introduces really complex theories about existentialism, about life, about death, about who we are and what it means to be alive and what it means to be dead and what it means to be all of these other kind of things, right? Alone. Alone or with someone. It, it's There's a lot going on, heavy ideas, but also a child could watch it, mm-hmm. kind of pick up on those things, but be entertained by it even if they're not getting every aspect of the movie, Right. It works for the parents, works for the kids, it works for the grandparents, it works for the teenagers, it works for everybody, right? Because it it has something for everybody. And this is the most debased version Mm -hmm. of trying to do that. Because it is pitched, the humor is pitched straight at toddlers. Like there's not even like an eight-year-old who could think any of this is like funny or acceptable or good. But all of the references are 70 years old. They are TCM references. Like, who is the toddler who is fucking... I'm going to get, like, all of these Casablanca references. So it's just... It's it's a movie for no one. It's a movie for no people at all. Exactly. What you're saying is, like, they tried... It, it tries to be a movie for everyone, and it ends up being a movie for no one because the humor for kids is bodily fluids, farts poop the humor for adults is sexual the humor for everybody is stereotypes uh racial sexist and so it's just it's equal opportunity sophomoric yeah and it just it it's not good either like none of it makes you actually laugh no absolutely not because it's just puns and and entons like you said um yeah double dare it's uh i tell you what food fight i damn you to hell I damn you to hell. This is, I think, the first film I've damned to hell. It ha- you have not wielded those powers. I haven't done that. I could have done that this whole time. I was ready to do it like a few times, like Ultraviolet. I was really not into it. But you know what? Food Fight, I damn you. And all of the Ikes. Yeah, I use that. The slur for Ikes. <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> 
Like, maybe that's their word. Maybe they can use that word because they reclaimed they're try- it or something. They're trying to take the power away, right? Sure. That's why I exactly. say it. I just say it. I'm <laughs> screaming it from the rooftops because I want to take the power away from the word. Thankfully, that's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic. And my God, I guess it's not a surprise that Charlie Sheen is the most sadistic person in the world. <laughs> I mean, I'll buy it. I'll buy it for a Sure. Sure. Send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on all your favorite podcast apps, literally all of them. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Corky, Mm. lights go out. You're in the supermarket. The old man um, who barely makes enough money to eat has left. He's gone to go sleep in the dumpster out back. What are you doing? What what at the Marketopolis Comedy Club? What's what's going on tonight? I I don't like to say this. I, I only play Marketopolis Market once a week. I usually I'm over at Storeville Store <laughs> or, or <laughs> Shop City Shop. That's more my stomping grounds. Anywhere there's a redundantly named place for commerce that's where i'm at um Malberg mall you might find me there it's uh, good that's good, that's I, good. so yeah we don't have to finish that bit they didn't finish the movie no. fuck it yeah please so for dare daniel i'm daniel barnes and i'm corky mcdonald saying uh i want to lick the icing off sweet cakes and i'll butter that muffin we'll tag team her <laughs> Icing and Fuck. butter. Why? Icing and butter. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> uh, right. I love you and I'm sorry. So sorry for this episode and all the other ones too.